0: Well, good morning, welcome to you all. I hope that indeed you have had a wonderful week and we pray this week would be even better for you. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 14? The gospel of Luke chapter 14 and we will start at verse 25. And if you are able to, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 25. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this day and for this time that we could gather together as believers. And Father, as we hear your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and would speak to each one of us. We pray that you would bring wisdom and understanding, that you would challenge us, God, to move from where we are to where you desire us to be. And so, Father, may you bless this time, may you bless your people, and we pray, God, that we would hunger after you more and more. And so we thank you for this time, and we pray for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Jesus had amassed a large following. People from all over gathered together and would come to hear his teaching, to witness firsthand the many miracles that he was performing. People would continuously follow him around. And there are many people today who would love to have that many people constantly following them around. We call them today influencers. You may have heard of them, right? And so Jesus constantly had a crowd around him. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't want people simply following him for the things that he could do for them. Even though he wanted to heal, he wanted to restore, he wanted to do all of those things, he didn't simply want people just following him because of what he could do. Rather, he wanted and he desired for the people to follow him because of who he was. Because of who he was and is. You see, Jesus desired to heal. He desired to bless. He desired to help as often and as much as he could. But he really wanted the people to understand that he was more than just a mere man who could perform miracles, that he went far beyond just someone who could potentially save them from what they were afflicted with in that day. He wanted them to truly understand who he was and that following him costs something. To follow Jesus means to be his disciples. When we call ourselves Christians, that means that we are followers of Christ, that we desire to follow Christ. But becoming a Christian is simply so much more than calling ourselves that, just more than just even believing in Jesus becoming a disciple, becoming a true follower of Christ, causes us to go into all the world and to share his good news. It causes us to leave our comfort zone and to do what God has called us to do. It causes us sometimes to put aside our own needs for the sake of Christ. And many people have this misunderstanding that being a Christian is simply praying a prayer, right? And while, yes, that's where it starts by repenting of our sins and inviting Jesus into our heart, we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by that. But that's only where it begins. You see, once we are saved, we are to be his disciples. We are to do what he has called us to do. We are to continue to grow in relationship. We're continued to be transformed and renewed and changed and to not just keep the good news to ourselves, but to tell others about that good news. Becoming a disciple of Jesus requires us To put the effort that is in not to be saved, but to continue to grow once we are saved. Jesus talks about the fact that being his disciples causes us to have to pay a cost. There is a cost involved. And the cost goes beyond money. When we think of a cost, we automatically think we have to pay money, right? But that cost goes beyond money. It goes beyond our time and our talents. It goes through our family, our friends. It may cost success and fame, ambitions. It may cost us our wants and our needs. Verse 26 says, it talks about hating your father and mother, spouse, children, siblings. What does that mean when Jesus says that if you are to be my disciple, you're to hate these people in your life? Because to me, when you read that at first glance, you're thinking that goes against everything Jesus teaches, right? To love and to care for. But now he's telling us that we're to hate these people who are the closest to us. What does that even mean? Well, Jesus says something similar to this in the Gospel of Matthew, which I believe will help to shed some light on what he means. He says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Understand that Jesus isn't saying that we should literally hate our family He's not telling us that we should disown them and want nothing to do with them. But what he was trying to point out to his disciples and to us today is that we must love God with all that we are more than anyone else in this world. We're to love him more than anyone else. Here's a point. We are to love God. Because being a disciple of Christ is worth giving up relationships. Being a disciple of Christ is worth giving up relationships for. In the Bible, we read a story of how God called Abraham to go and sacrifice his son Isaac. And if you don't know that story, I encourage you to read it at another time. But the point of the story wasn't that God wanted his his only son, Abraham's only son to die. He didn't want Isaac's life to be taken, but he did this in order to test Abraham, in order to ensure that the thing that Abraham and his wife wanted more than anything, the son that they desired and waited so long for, they prayed and they hoped and they, they wished for, and, and they couldn't have for so many years. That son was finally there, but he wanted to make sure that he didn't love that son more than he loved God. So he asks him to go and sacrifice his son, to test him, to see, would you be willing to give up the one person that you love more than any other person in this world? Would you be willing to give up for the sake of Christ? You see, God didn't want him to die, but he wanted to make sure that Abraham loved God more than anyone else. God is a jealous God, and he desires for us to make him our first priority. He's not jealous in the sense of wanting something else someone has, but wanting what rightly belongs to him. First place in our life. First place. And that's why when we look at the Ten Commandments, the first two are directly related to putting God first. is to not having any other gods before him. Not worshiping idols. Because God wants to make sure that he is first. God wants to make sure that he is taking first place. And my friends, there are sometimes relationships in our life that cause us not to put God first. There are sometimes people in our life who cause us to, to leave God last or encourage us against worshiping and giving God that first place and priority. But being a disciple of Christ means putting God first before any other relationship. Putting God first in your marriage, putting God first even before your children, putting God first before anything else. And if there are any relationships that threaten it, being a disciple of Christ is worth more than those relationships. And sometimes that may mean breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. That may mean making the hard decision to cut some people out of your life. That may mean walking away from a friendship that you've had for so many years because that person is not encouraging you, but discouraging you in your walk. You see, there is so much more that we have in Christ. And he is worth more than any relationship. And so understand that God doesn't want you to hate people. But what he means is that we have to love him even more. That we have to put him first. That we have to prioritize him. That we have to seek after him. And if we're not doing that, then we've made idols in our life. If we're not seeking him first, and if we're putting other people before him, then we've made them our idols. And it's important that we put him first. Being a disciple of Christ will affect a person's closest relationships, and by implication, all other relationships, because God must always come first. Verse 27 goes on to say, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Well, here's another verse that can be misunderstood easily. Many people, when reading this, you must carry your cross, assume that means that you must carry some sort of burden in order to be his disciple, right? You must carry some kind of burden, like a strained relationship or a a job that you hate or, or some physical illness in order to prove yourself worthy of being his disciple. But that's not what Jesus means at all. What he is saying is that he is calling us To self-sacrifice. He is calling us to be willing to take up our cross and surrender all that we are to God. He is calling us to a life of surrender, a life where we lay down everything that we are before God. Being a disciple of Christ is worth surrendering ourselves to God. It is worth surrendering our needs and our wants, our desires and our ambitions. It is worth surrendering and submitting ourselves to the will of God. And the truth is that this is very difficult for the majority of us to do. It is very difficult for us to put others' needs, aside from your family, right, but others' needs before your own. Or to live according to what someone else wants and not what you want, right? Because we want to do what's best for us. We, we usually want to do what's going to benefit us, what's going to help us or our family, what's going to be the best choice for us, what will make us happy. But Jesus is calling us to be his disciples, which means that we need to surrender ourselves to God and what he wills for us. Surrendering to God isn't a bad thing. In fact, surrendering to God helps us give all that we are over to God and say, God, I give my life to you. I give all that I am. I give my talent and my time. I give all of my desires and my wants. I give all that you have blessed me with over to you. And when we give it to God, he leads us and he directs us. When we allow our good shepherd to lead us, we can be certain that he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That he does not abandon us, but that when we submit all that we are to God, he uses us for his honor and for his glory. God is looking for willing hearts. Yes, he wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be prepared. He wants us to use our talents and resources. But even more than that, he wants us to be willing He wants our heart to be willing to serve him however he desires for us to be. Because at the end of the day, we are nothing without God. Did you know that? We are nothing without God. It doesn't matter how much we've achieved. It doesn't matter who we are. But without God, we are nothing. And we need to understand that it is in him that we find meaning and purpose. It is in Christ that we find direction in life, that we have reason to wake up every day and go on. That we have all that we need and more. And God has blessed us. He has lavished upon us more than we even deserve. And we need to be willing to say, God, I surrender it all to you. Take it and use it. Take it and may your will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. It's not about me. It's all about you. Take it and use it for whatever you want. We must be willing to surrender ourselves and be used for his purposes, to go where he sends us, to do what he leads us to do, to share his message with those around us, to give to those in need, to love the most difficult people. He calls us to go deeper and to go further and to do more. My friends, being a disciple of Christ isn't easy. And it's not always fun. And for us, it may not even feel rewarding. But at the end of the day, when we remind ourselves of why we do it, we do it for his honor and for his glory. We do it for him. May we be willing to say, have thine own way. Have thine own way. One day, early on in our marriage, I got really upset with my husband. Do you want to know why? Okay. Some of you want to know, right? So I was really busy, and he was off a certain day, and I said, can you pick up groceries? Right? And, and he said, yeah, of course. And I figured, you know, Parik lived on his own for many years, right, um, during his schooling, working, and because, you know, in Ireland, he lived in the city, and then when he moved to Toronto, he lived by himself before we got married, right? So I figured, okay, like, he's going to know exactly what to get. So I wrote out a few things. He says, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. So he goes, gets the groceries, comes back, and sure, he did get everything I asked him to get, plus a lot more, but not only did he get that, but he got the most expensive items, the best brands, right? And he thought he did a great job. No, stop clapping. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really annoyed. I, I was really annoyed because when I go to the grocery store, I don't go to the best, fanciest grocery store. I go to the basic ones, right? I go to the ones that don't have frills. I go to the ones that have the sales. You know what I'm saying, right? And when I go, I price match. So I'm one of the ones in line that you're waiting behind. And I'm like, oh, I have a price match for that. I have a coupon for that. Oh, that one's actually, you know, it came up the wrong price because I saw the price that's like, I'm that person, right? So he, he, I said, Where's the receipt? He says, Why are you planning to return the groceries? I said, No, I just wanted to see the price, right? And so, I got really upset and I had to, to train him basically to, to, to help him to understand you don't need to buy those brands. You can buy the generic brand, right? It does the same job, you know, you can use coupons, price, like you can save money. It doesn't have to cost that much. So anyways, we're, we're, we're going to just quickly, I just want to show you um, on the screen here. Uh, do we have the picture? Okay. So, basic loaf of bread, right? Okay, put the price up for it. Is it worth 375? Put put your hand up if it is worth 375. Okay. Now, these are not things. By the way, these are not things he bought. I just want to know if it's worth the cost here. Okay. So, is it worth 375? Put your hand up. Loaf of bread. No. Some of you are saying no. Where do you shop? I, I want to know. Okay. Put your hand up if you do not think it's worth three seventy-five. dollars Okay. Okay, fair enough. Okay, next, next item. Okay, just a bunch of uh, green onions, right? Put the price up. Is it worth $2.40? No, it's not. Okay, I, I just want to see if you know what things are worth. Okay, next items. It's not, definitely not. Tray of eggs, basic products, right? Is it worth... Six dollars and 56 cents. No, right? Parik, are you paying attention? Okay, all right, I just wanna make sure. Okay, next item. Okay, laundry detergent, basic laundry detergent. Is this big 110 load worth $25? No, it's not, right? No, definitely not. Is that it? One more, okay, bananas. Basic bananas, are, are these bananas worth $1.25? Yeah, I think that's reasonable, right? Okay, so that is just a little exercise for you. You can take that off the screen. Thank you. When you see things, you often know their worth, right? Because you buy them over and over again, or, or you know approximately what they cost. How do you know the worth of something? How do you know if something is worth the cost that is associated with it. It's often worth that because someone's willing to pay that, right? If someone is willing to pay that cost, then it can sell for that. Does that make sense? Right. If someone is willing to pay the cost for that item, then it's something that will be worth that. You see, The way for us to know if something is worth it is if someone is willing to pay that cost for us. When God looks upon us, he looks upon us and says, you're worth it. He looks upon us and says, it doesn't matter the cost. I'll pay it because you're worth it. God was willing to look upon us broken people and still say, you're worth it. And he desires for us to look upon him, God of all the universe, King of kings and Lord of lords, and look upon him and say, God, you are worth so much more. God, you are worth the cost. You are worth me giving up my family members or relationships that are threatening you. It is worth me surrendering my will and my way and my life to you. God, you are so much more worth than what I have to give. My friends, being a disciple of Christ, whether you realize it or not, is worth letting go of everything you have. It is worth letting go of everything you have. Verse 28 says Suppose one of you builds a tower. Won't you you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Jesus was telling us that you have to understand before you even make the decision to follow me, understand there is a cost associated with it. That following me doesn't guarantee smooth sailing. Follow me doesn't mean that you're always going to get everything that you want, that your prayers are always going to be answered the way you want them to, that sickness will always go away, that things will always work out in your favor. No, because it's not about you. But it is about him. And so when we decide to follow God, we need to understand that true surrender means, God, I'm giving it to you and I'm not taking it back. But I'm willing to let go of everything I have for the sake of Christ. I'm willing to let go because I understand it's you who have blessed me and given me what I have. I'm willing to let go because I understand that this world and everything in it is temporary. And one day it will all fade away. But the thing that I have that will last forever is my relationship with you, oh God. Are we willing to say, I'm willing to let go of everything I have The truth is that following Jesus may mean losing relationships. It may mean costing you your dreams or material items and maybe even your own life. But there are people in this world who may seem like they have everything. But my friends, we cannot look upon what other people have and compare our journey to them. Because people may seem like they have it all together, that they have everything. And we may look upon their situation, and I know that you have because I have. Look upon other people who are not following God and say, God how is it that they're doing so well how is it that they're so blessed that they have what they have that their family is prospering that things are going so well that promotions and jobs and vacations and houses and money how is it that someone who's not following you is being blessed like that but yet god reminds me don't be concerned with what other people have because I have called you to something even greater, something that will not last. And if there's something that I have learned in this life so far, is that money cannot buy a peace that passeth all understanding. It is that stuff cannot replace true joy and contentment it is that material items may fade and break and tarnish and grow old but the relationship that we have in Christ the salvation that he guarantees the eternal life and the forgiveness of sins goes far beyond and we can bank it and know that we will never lose it God promises that He promises that for us, and we can be certain that no matter what we face in this life, he is still with us. He is still in control. It doesn't matter the stuff we have or the stuff that we don't have, because the scripture tells us, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his very soul? What does it profit a man? What does it profit a woman? What does it profit us as believers? Discipleship means that we are willing to lay down everything to follow Christ. When Jesus called the disciples, when he called the men who became his disciples, they willingly left everything behind to follow him. They willingly chose to give up everything to follow him. Friends, this is serious. Because in a world where people are so consumed with stuff, where they're so consumed with fame and fortune, we need to get serious about our relationship with Christ. And it makes me sick to my stomach, and I'm just going to be honest with you today, to see that people will line up for days, sometimes uh, hours and days So for the latest phone or gadget, to see a celebrity at a concert, to see a royal family being crowned, to do all of these things, yet to give the king of kings the worship he deserves. Come on, church, it's time for us to get serious. To move from just calling ourselves mere Christians to saying, God, I want to be a true disciple. God, I desire to follow you no matter the cost. And that means letting go of bitterness and unforgiveness. That means putting aside things that may have happened to you and saying, God, I'm going to move forward. That may mean saying that I'm no longer going to hold that grudge against my brother or sister, that I'm no longer going to continue in that sin or bad habit, that I'm no longer going to let that keep me from worshiping God. Friends, it is time for us to become true disciples of Christ, for us to go further and deeper to do what he has called us to do, to be what he has called us to be. And although the task of taking up our cross and following him is tough, the reward that we have waiting for us is worth far more because nothing in this world can come close to the relationship that we have with Christ and in Christ. God desires for us to no longer be spectators in his kingdom, but to become participants. No longer sit on the sidelines and sit back and watch and occasionally do, but to participate, get our hands dirty and pull up our sleeves and say, God, how can I help? God, what can I do? God, I desire to be your disciple and that means doing, not just saying. God desires for us to become his true disciples, but know that there is a cost. Are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to say, it is worth it, no matter what it costs me? Job in the Bible had everything taken away from him, yet he still said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's all about God, and it's all about who he is. Do you realize the God that we serve? He is beyond human comprehension and understanding. He is bigger and greater. He is so much more than we will ever be able to understand in this life. And everything we are should always be for the cause of the kingdom, for the cause and sake of Christ. Are you willing to say, God, I desire to follow you? I don't care about stuff. I don't care about the things that I have. I I appreciate it. I want it. I need it. But God, at the end of the day, just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Because that is what will last for all of eternity. Is it worth the cost? Is following Jesus worth the cost? The answer is yes, he is worth the cost because when you follow Jesus wholeheartedly, We will become more and more like him. We will see others through his eyes. We will learn to love what he loves and hate what he hates. We will be able to hate evil and cling to righteousness. Following Jesus will lead us in paths of righteousness. It will lead us to live a life that is holy and more and more like him. Following him is what will lead us to eternal life. You see, we should be and we must be willing to say, God, I surrender my life to you. You truly are my all and all. To say something is worth it means also that we are saying that it's worthy. Did you know that? To say something is worth it also means that we're saying it's worthy. Friends, God is worthy He is so worthy. He is so holy. In fact, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, John tells us of his revelation. He says, then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slain. To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the lamb. He is worthy. He is worthy. And if you say that he is worthy, then you're also saying, God, you are worth it. God, you are worth it. God, you are worth me denying myself and my wants because of what you want. God, you are worth the sacrifice. God, you are worth me giving that up. God, you are worth me being inconvenienced. God, you are worth the early mornings and the late nights. God, you are worth the time and the sacrifice. God, you are worth all that I have to give. And the only thing of true value to God is our lives. He doesn't need our stuff. He doesn't care about the material things. He wants our heart and our worship. And he wants us to recognize that he is worthy, that he is worthy to be praised, that no matter what else comes our way, we will remember, God, you are still worth it. You are worth it all. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you have called us to something bigger and greater. And Father, right now, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you, God, for their lives and their dedication to you. But Father, I pray that you would help us to go deeper. That you would help us to be be more and more like you. That you would move us, God, from milk to meat. That you would move us, God, into new territory. That you would open up doors of opportunity for us to share with others about your word. That you would help us to be intentional as disciples to go into all the world to share your good news, to not hold back, but to tell others about Jesus, to share your love, to share your gospel, to share your hope and your peace with people who are hurting, with people who have lost hope. God, we pray that you would help us, that as your disciples, that we would look upon you and say, God, no matter the cost, you are still worth it, because you are worthy of all the praises I have to give. God, you are worthy of everything that I have. God, you are worthy of my life, all that you are, God all that you are, I worship you. May we truly say that, God, help us to be more and more like you, to be hungry for you more and more, to want you more and more, to, Lord, look upon you and say, God, you are still bigger and more awesome than I know. And so we thank you for who you are, And I pray for your blessing upon each one, that you would help us to be brave, that you would help us to be courageous, that you would give us the words to speak, and that your Holy Spirit would direct us, God, in everything that we do to bring honor and glory to you alone. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray, amen, amen.